Welcome to the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Let's join our geeky hosts on this week's episode. And welcome to another episode of Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast, the only podcast where the geeks get very lubricated and discuss the topic of the week. Look, two weeks in a row, Adam, I got lubricated in the first 30 seconds. Yep, there you go. <laughs> don't, don't ever, uh, like we said last week, don't ever... Uh... <laughs> don't ever go in dry. <laughs> don't ever go in dry. Don't ever uh, forego lubrication. <laughs> Always stay juicy. All right. And that voice you heard is our third member today. I'm Matt. I'm Adam. And joined again is JV. Justin V. Hill in the house. Woo! All right. So, JV, you've been here a few times. You were here for our... Um, it was the Nintendo discussion, Nintendo discussion and, uh, and then My Hero Academia. My Hero Academia, that's correct. All right. Well, JV's here for the end of our March Madness bracket. But before we get into that... You he's know, our wild card. He's a wild before card. Before we get into the madness. Yeah, and we're going to change it up this week. Deuce is wild. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, you know where to find us and follow us anywhere on social media at Geek Drink Pod. There you can comment, like, subscribe, tell us how we're doing, tell us what you don't like, tell us what you want us to talk about. Um, March Madness is over after this episode, yeah. so we need some stuff to talk about in April, besides yeah. Last of Us. Sports. This is, <laughs> Yay, this sports! Is, this is about as close as we're going to get to sports, JB, unless we're talking about Madden. <laughs> um, well, that's probably why I'm never going to NHL hits. <laughs> NHL hits, yes. Or um, NFL Blitz. Yeah! Uh, yeah. Well... So, folks, now that you know where to find us, we need to talk about our drink of the week. Yes. Time to grab your beverage and join along as the geeks discuss the drink of the week. And this drink of the week, we're actually going to split it up. We're all having something different to drink this week. But yes, well, um, Matt and I are, are we're back to uh, the Locust uh, Cidery. Um, we, we've been a fan of their stuff. So um, they're based out of Washington. Um, they have tasting rooms in a bunch of places, Denver, Texas, Washington, other places as well. Um, I'm doing the Juicy Peach. Juicy. Juicy. Juicy peach. You heard it here. Adam likes it juicy. (laughs) I am doing... (laughs) I'm doing the cold brew coffee. Um, It's a seasonal one. It is a cold brew coffee, vanilla, hazelnut, and apples. Mm. And JV, you are doing... Dr. Pepper with strawberries and cream. Donde esta biblioteca? Which is like surprisingly good. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, cheers. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. Very good. Mm. We like it. I like that coffee one. And I'm not a stout fan. It's not a stout, but it kind of like I we we had tried this when we uh, went to the tasting room the other day. Um, it kind of has like a bit of a, a stout flavor a to it. A stoutier flavor. I think flavor. it's that coffee and vanilla yeah. flavor to it. Like I almost want to pour this in my uh, iced coffee in the morning now. Let's not do that. You, you, <laughs> As about to say, you need to go to work. I, well, on my work from home days, you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> do you normally drink coffee? Yes. So no more Red Bull? No, I drink Red Bull. 
When you, when you have a 16-month-old and you need to drive 47 miles to work one way, it's uh, it's a Red Bull to drive in, it's a coffee in the office, and it's a Red Bull to drive home. There you go. Or an emergency Red Bull in the office if I'm about to pass out after lunch. Or a five-hour energy straight up the rectum. <laughs> or you can go with my personal favorite, G Fuel. G Fuel. What's the one that The Rock came out with? Oh, is that... Oza or Zoa? Zoa, yeah. That one kind of tastes like a chalk. Oh, like really? I tried it once. I wasn't a big fan. It's probably got like whey powder in it. It's got the creatine in it. <laughs> if you smell the chalk. <laughs> All right, folks. So that we've been lubricated a little bit, and we are ready to roll into Very moist. Our... What was that? Moist. Moist. I thought you said your bearings are greased. Moist. <laughs> All right. well, this is going to get demonetized if we had actually were monetized. Yeah, uh, we have to actually be making money for us to be not making money, Adam. Um, I thought you guys had a special guest. What happened to that JV guy? He introduced himself and that was it. <laughs> oh, All right, folks. Well, it's time to talk about our topic of the week. What are the geeks going to talk about this week? And so this week, we are still kind of focusing on the March Madness theme. Yes. Um... But we're going to switch it up a little bit because we have JV in the house, and that means we have to do a three-way bracket. So we're each picking four video games that were randomly matched up versus the number, uh, the random number generator. Yes. So the, that horrible, horrible mistress of random number <laughs> generating. Well, let's be honest. If you got to pick the matchups, you would already know who was moving on, and we wouldn't yeah, have a discussion. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully the RNG is in our favor. <laughs> well, we'll see. So I'll start with my bracket. I have my top four video games going up today. And and like we discussed in other episodes, these aren't exactly uh, more video games, not movies. These are video games that maybe not be your top four. And these are by no means my top four definitive of all time. But there are video games that I've played that have meant something special to me at a certain point in my life. Yeah, special. They influenced like, me as a gamer. Exactly. I, I think that's that was always our kind of our big criteria for this was something that means something. Yeah. So I am going to start off. I have Metal Gear Solid Four, okay. which was hard because I almost went with Metal Gear Solid Three, but I think Four storyline is better. Colonel, I think that's a good choice. <laughs> We've Hater. got that. Going that's a good up. David Hater impression, actually. <laughs> I really like it. We've got that going up against Super Mario Galaxy. Woohoo! Um, very interesting matchup on that one. We've got Assassin's Creed Two going up against Uncharted. I'm wearing my Assassin's Creed ring today. There you go. In honor of that. See, um, I can't do the voice because I've never played it. So. Oh, oh, well, um, well, and then Uncharted is also one I Hi, know. I'm Nathan Drake. Yeah. <laughs> I take photos. I take... I am I am Adventure Man. <laughs> yeah. I am I know, male Laura Croft. <laughs> I know Tom Holland played him. I think that's... <laughs> there that's you go. It should have been Nathan Fillion if they did a more accurate take. I but I think they needed it to be younger. True. I think we've True. talked about We've talked about that briefly. We've talked about video game movies. Yeah. Um, Adam... What's right. your bracket? So I got uh, Halo, Halo One, Combat Evolved, going up against Elder Scrolls Five, Skyrim. So that that'll be fun. <laughs> and then I have Bioshock One, going up against Mass Effect One. So 
few a few uh, Xbox <laughs> games going up on here, uh, but yeah, like we said, stuff. Yeah, that I think all of our own personal choices are on here. Like, <laughs> yeah, JV, what what do you have going on? So I have The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, Woo-hoo! Final Fantasy VII, Chrono Trigger, and Earthbound. All right. Otherwise known as Mother Two for those in Japan. Or Earthbound for of those of us who are not from Japan and have briefly played Earthbound on the virtual console. Or people that just know Ness from Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, that's that's probably it. Doesn't he have that yo yo that he like Yep. Yeah, yep. electrical attacks and And see I was one of the crazy people that knew Ness before TK he was in or like Smash Brothers. Yeah. TK Fire. TK Fire. <laughs> PK. PK, PK Fire. Right. Psychic, yeah, PK Fire. PK Fire. There you go. <laughs> Justin's favorite cosplay character. Mm. Yep, it's probably going to make a comeback if you're going to Fan Expo in Denver this year. I'll be there. I will be... I'm gonna totally going to be shirt cocking it. <laughs> no. Winnie the Pooh in it. He needs Winnie to be poo. Ness, but you need to be completely shaven. Ooh. Ooh. Not going to happen. Oh, come on. <laughs> I want to see an accurate nest with me. That means clean shaven. <laughs> the only way that's going to happen is if I lose a bet, and I'm not putting my beard on the line anytime soon. Ooh, actually, I, I, we yeah, want to yeah. put, put it up there now. <laughs> that Justin's going to shave his beard when Adam beats him at Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, in 20, oh, God. I'm... In 2042. <laughs> okay. Adam needs that long train it's, for that one. It's kind of funny because I actually did have a beard bet, and it's actually coming true, but it didn't. Happened in the way for me to lose my beard, so I kind of lucked out. There it was like go. a work bet. <laughs> See, and I can go as Riker and keep the beard. I don't know what I'd go. So as. I'm just. I, I don't. I'd like to maybe say maybe I I'm, could die. Like we would just let you go, kind of stubbly, like your five o'clock shadow, and do Harrison Ford. Or could I go as Geralt of Rivia and just go walk around, and just be like, ah, fuck. Yeah, Adam, I didn't want to see you bleached mm-hmm. completely. Albino-ish. I'm just yeah. Ness. As he would look as a 38-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and get started with our bracket here. Yeah, and I, Matt, I will, let's I'll go start for off. you because we started last week with me. So. Yeah. Um, so I've got Metal Gear Solid 4 versus Mario Galaxy. All right. This is tough because Mario Galaxy, for me, I think is the best 3D Mario game out there. Um, I, I would almost argue it's one of the best Mario games out there. It slightly beats Super Mario Odyssey for me. That was a fun one, too. But the the dynamics of that game, the fact that they use gravity and outer space as an engine where you were playing upside down, the controls were reversed. Yeah. But um, also the accessibility oh, yeah. of the game was, was the huge thing for me, was just the fact that you could, like, anyone could play that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was the Wiimote. It was yeah. two buttons and the trigger and the and the joystick. Wave it around and, to collect yeah. star bits. <laughs> or if you had like a second person they could control and they could collect the star bits. Yeah. And shoot for you. In. Yeah. And so and that's how I played a lot of that game. So when I played that game, I just moved back from college. Um moved home for a little bit. My sister was there and she was always my player too. She was my ride or die, star bit collector and shooter. Um, and that's and she could freeze the enemies. Remember that you could freeze the enemies mm-hmm. with that. Um, and so for me, that was kind of a fun bonding thing for me, and my sister that we we had. Um, and Super Mario Galaxy, I just think it was a great game. And Super Mario Galaxy Two was really a lot of fun too. But it definitely was like a 
quasi remake almost because he kind of borrowed a lot of the same storyline and just improved upon the first. And they got rid of the HUD. Yeah. You just picked a level just like you would in like the old games. Yeah. Um, and it's going up against Metal Gear Solid 4. And for me, this is probably my quintessential favorite Metal Gear game. Um, Metal Gear Solid 3 is right up there, but I think Metal Gear Solid 4, in terms of story and it wrapping up the Solid Snake saga and story, was perfect. It tied in all the previous games. Had they ended it there, never got Metal Gear Solid 5, it would have been a perfect ending. But I think they kind of sullied that with Metal Gear Solid 5. Right. Phenomenal voice cast. I mean, with David Hayter. Metal Gear. Otacon. Yeah. Metal Gear, I mean, David Hayter is... Infinite ammo. Yeah. He is... What's this lizard thing? (laughs) He is just a a great voice actor, and I was kind of disappointed when they recast him and used... That was like the weirdest decision that I could Yeah. I mean, Keith Sutherland wasn't a bad voice actor for that role, but it just wasn't... He wasn't a snake. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think so many years of it being one person, yeah, <laughs> yeah. was a was a bit of a jarring experience. And I think anybody that thinks a snake thinks of David Hayter. They do. Yeah. They originally think of him, especially in MG in Metal Gear Solid. Um, you know, he actually wrote the first uh, X Men movies. Yeah, he wrote yeah. Those. yeah. Good for him. And he was also <laughs> the security guard in the first one that gets. Tongue whipped by toad and thrown behind a door. So that's, that's a good way to go. <laughs> um, so Ray Park took him out. Ray Park. I mean, he's Darth Maul. We, yeah. You know. So uh, this is gonna be a tough one to move on. We're only doing four instead of the traditional eight. I think Metal Gear is gonna have to move on to the next round. I just think, for me, as a. <laughs> I think for me, Snake? just as a... Snake? Snake! I think for me, it's just... We talked about this in the, in the video game episode. I am so much a gamer because of this game. And it's really solidified... The series solidified my, my interest in gaming. Metal Gear Solid 2 was like the first PlayStation 2 game I ever bought. Mm-hmm. Um, it was such a good game, too. It was. And I, don't, I played that one first before I went back and played Metal Gear Solid. So... Um, that holds a special place in my heart, but Metal Gear Solid 4, I mean, it's, I think it's just a quintessential experience for, for the PS3 generation. Mm. All right, Adam, you've got Halo and Skyrim. All right, so let's start with uh, with the Halo. Um, so, um, Halo was probably one of the first games I really got into, like, in a, in a more of a social um, context, like... Doing the LAN parties, doing the online play, that sort of stuff. Um, I we would <laughs> we would have Halo parties in high school, where we'd have people like people come over and we'd hook up multiple Xboxes. Just I remember doing that at your house. Yeah, it was it was a great time, and we'd all get mad at each other at some point. Stop screaming! Screech! Look at my screen! Yeah. And, then uh, <laughs> did you have it set up so everybody just had their own screen instead? Well, of we had it screen? where we had a a like we had one TV that was in like our entertainment room. Yeah, in that loft in the loft area, yeah. and then we'd run like a thing down to a smaller TV, and then some people would bring over like other 
TV. Like, but it's like everyone would bring over the, like this was back in the day when the CRTs. Years, yeah, you bring over like your own Xbox, your own thing, and so like I remember just some of us we would get like so mad at each other at the end of the day um, because we were all pretty evenly matched. And then, not Matt, but... No, I was just happy to be there. But <laughs> we would then, um, like, we had a trampoline in our backyard at my parents' old house, and we would, like, fight with inflatable weapons to just take out our aggression on one another. But, That's um, how you did it back in the day, man. Yeah, but it's, like, the one thing I always loved is, like, one, the lore behind Halo yeah. was huge. It, they had... Such a deep story, and they had, they've had so many books, so many games. This game, like this franchise, has lasted over twenty years. This franchise is what kept the Xbox going. Yeah. I don't think if you had Halo, the Xbox would well, be a thing today. Well, and I think also it kept first-person shooters going. Yeah, like it changed the game for first-person shooters. Yeah, you so really like, didn't have. I mean, you had what was it? The battle, not battle. Well, you had um, it was like GoldenEye was the well, one. Well, GoldenEye, you had Half Life, you had Battlefield 1942. Um, no, not Frontline. I'll think of it. You had a few games that came out, but this was really the one that solidified like, hey, let's make first-person shooters like a a concept to be like a social thing. And so I I think this. It was just fantastic, and I, I read the books and all that. But it, it was—it kind of started this trend of first-person shooters getting online, and like you w- really wouldn't have had a Call of Duty, like Modern Warfare, without. I see a Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor. That's what I'm thinking. But you wouldn't have really like you would have had those games, but you wouldn't have had this online multiplayer space without Halo. No. And so that was that was my big thing in it. Growing up, like in high school, it was just fun to play these games, and like we were so excited for Halo Two to come out, and then mm-hmm. Halo Three to come out, and like, now we're on Halo Fifteen. Well, yeah, really. like but, I said, <laughs> it's like it's over. Like I think Halo One came out in two thousand one. Yep. Well, it's um, a Halo Infinite, isn't it? No, yeah, Halo Five. We're, we're now six. on Halo Infinite, um, which it, which is infinite amount of games. Yeah, which is fine. It's more of like uh, it kind of tried to do like an open world type thing, like a Far Cry almost, and it's fine. But yeah, I, I didn't get really into the uh, the multiplayer as much for that. But I mean, hey, I still have fond fond memories of playing Halo One. Um, I mean, Jacob, if you're listening, Tonga was hilarious. It was a pretty much a sniper shotgun type thing where we all had no shields and you had the shotgun. And it was just a great, great little game to play. Um, the next one uh, that's on the list is uh, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. So it's the fifth game in the series. I have bought this game... About four times because <laughs> they've re-released it. It came out in 2011. Um, I was about to say, like, it's been like a long time since that's yeah, come out. Yeah, it came out in 2011, and then, like, I think they had the original edition, then they had, like, a uh, collector's edition that came out on the Xbox 360, and I got that one. And then 
they had one that came out on the Xbox One, and then they have one that's like the anniversary edition that came out on the Xbox Series X and S and PlayStation 5 and all that. So I have bought this game four times, and I still will just jump in and have the best time playing it. Um, I think it's one of the best RPGs, um, like Western RPGs. Let me okay. let me put mm-hmm. that out there. Um, that's um, out there. Uh, they this is the fifth game in the series, so they've had multiple games to establish lore and story and content, and um, so if you are one of those that really likes to jump in and just kind of be immersed in a world and create your own character and just feel everything like you really learn by doing in the game Mm -hmm. which is is unique uh compared to like other games that bethesda put out where it's more like you have to put in like experience points to towards a specific skill if you want to get better at, like, pickpocketing, you just pickpocket. If you want to be better at sneaking around, you just sneak around. If you want to be a better swords person, you just... Stabity, stab, stab. You stab, stab, stab. <laughs> um, so it's like, really, you could pick and choose what you want to do. And, yeah, it's like certain creature... Like, another thing I, I love is, like, you can pick, like, your race, your yeah. gender. Um, and in the game, like... If you pick certain creature, like if you're a certain race, people will be prejudiced towards you. For Especially sure. in this game, <laughs> it's like they they don't like you <laughs> if you're a dark elf or. I was an say, I remember like the dark elf being like that. Yeah, which I always played the dark elf because I like being a being a dark elf because I like the history of the characters. Um, so I just I always loved the the depth of the game like how you could just you could play it how you wanted all right well then the question is adam who moves on skyrim skyrim moves on skyrim, skyrim beats halo yeah, oh, that's yeah. a tough first matchup though i think that's how that song goes yeah, yeah that is pretty much how it goes <laughs> all right jv your turn we're going to talk you're going to talk about legend of zelda ocarina of time Versus Final Fantasy, yeah, Final Fantasy Seven, Fantasy of Finals. Yeah, how? Let's let Justin introduce it. Yeah. We've been drinking. We've been drinking. We okay, like, so Ocarina oh, of Time. To drink, we have to be drinking. Yeah. I, well, it's the name of the podcast, right? <laughs> Except for me with my Dr Pepper, but let's digress. So, but I digest. <laughs> well, you're digesting beer, beer. Alright, so Ocarina of Time. Fifth entry into the Legend of Zelda series. Growing up, my first Zelda was Zelda um, Link's Awakening, which was the one on the Game Boy. Mm -hmm. And I went from Link's Awakening to Link to the Past, which was the third one on Super Nintendo, then Zelda 1, and then Zelda 2. So at the time, you know, there's no internet. You got all your information from magazines. Mm-hmm. Nintendo so, Power, or your friends. <laughs> so you would have, you know, Nintendo Power, and you know, every month, every two months, they would have, you know, like screenshots of the Zelda, and it looked like absolutely fantastic. 
and you know when Nintendo 64 came out, seeing like the 3D Mario and Mario 64, it blew everybody's minds, and you're just like, oh shit, like this is like 3D, like this is completely different, you know, from Super Nintendo. So having like that expectation of like Zelda, like oh you can like run around this big open world and like explore dungeons and get all the weapons and it was just like hype train to the max like when that game was coming out and it didn't disappoint like it took everything from link to the past which on the record is my favorite but ocarina of time is definitely like one of the best ones for sure but it took everything made it 3d made it make sense had like you know like the traditional zelda story get the pendants go you know forward in time as an adult collect um why i should say the penance as an adult in the gyms as a kid but you know whatever but go to defeat ganon save save the world you know they had the different dynamic for like the kid and um the adult link which was cool so you can only use you know like certain weapons when you're old and certain weapons when you're young and Obviously, like, you go through time, so the world is different, you know, seven years in the future compared to when you were a kid, because Ganon just completely, like, destroyed the world. And just, you know, like, the way that they did the game is just really fantastic, and one of my favorite experiences, like, growing up is just finally having that gold cartridge put into the N64 and, you know, hearing the title music for the first time, and you're just mesmerized, just watching Link riding Epona through Hyrule Field and you're just eagerly waiting like to play the game. I was, was actually going to ask if you had the gold cartridge or not. I did. <laughs> nice. I, I still have it to this day. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I'm a geek, like, you know, Nintendo fanboy. I, of course I have the <laughs> And I actually have, I, I think it's more rare than the gold ones. I have a gray cartridge of Zelda 2, mm-hmm. which I guess was like, you know, Afterwards, they had like a version of it where it was just gray. I have that too, but you see the gold one like way more often. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, huh, I got the gray one. That's more rare. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> it was like at a Goodwill or something, but. All right. Well, I mean, I played Ocarina of Time, but my first foray, and we talked about this before, into Zelda was Breath of the Wild. And see, the cool thing about Breath of the Wild was it kind of went back to the roots of Zelda and just completely, like, for the most part, just let you explore. You didn't really have to do the story if you didn't want to. You could just go explore. and You could go fight Ganon immediately if you wanted to. <laughs> like, you could just go and do whatever you want. Like, that's pretty much what you did in the first game. And I think that's why a lot of people liked it is, you know, like, when the first game came out and, like, there's no strategy guides or anything and you just had to figure it out with very minimal, like, instruction from the game. And, you know, when people figure it out, they're just like, oh, yeah. Like, and I'm sure Nintendo got like a million dollars from the people calling the hotline for that one. Oh, yeah, probably. (laughs) But that's how you did it back in the day. There was no internet. Nope. It was either the Nintendo Power Hotline or just... Just word on on the bus. (laughs) Like Like word on the (laughs) schoolyard. Yeah. You're just like, oh, did you find like Dungeon 4? You know, you had to like... You gotta put this bomb against this wall. (laughs) Or like when you had to find Dungeon 8 when you had to burn the bush. Yeah. Like anybody... Like how would you even know to do that? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, tell us about Final Fantasy VII. Jesus. 
Final Just Fantasy stop 7. Stop talking! <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 I think that'll be the final time to try to say that. Oh! But, uh, Bangarang Justin! So, Final Fantasy 7 is kind of around like the same time as when Ocarina of Time came out. But instead of Nintendo 64, it was on PlayStation. And it was my first Final Fantasy game. A lot of people, like my friends, they played the ones for the Super Nintendo, but I never played the ones on Super Nintendo. Except I think for a lot of people, Final Fantasy VII was a lot of people's first venture into the series, and it was a lot of people's like first like role playing game. Well, didn't yeah. they have like wasn't didn't the time or like the in the U.S. like Final Fantasy three was Final yeah. Fantasy. So they they didn't release all the Final Fantasy, so the numbering got messed up. Yeah. So Final Fantasy two was Final Fantasy four, and Final Fantasy three was Final Fantasy six. Okay. So that's a different story for a different day. That was so, like <laughs> stupid. But to this day, people you still have to correct people. They're like, oh, are you talking about Final Fantasy six or Final Fantasy three for Super Nintendo? I just, uh... Just be like, we're Americans. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm going to interrupt real quick. I was trying to look up something about Final Fantasy VII, but then I see a picture of JV before recording it. Tabletop tap. Yep. Yep, that's me. So... <laughs> that, that's him. <laughs> I think, real quick, we, we uh, digest for two seconds. I think you need to talk to the owners, and we do a recording at the new one. Yeah, they're going to have a bigger space. They're just moving two blocks down the road. Yeah. And, you know, I think they would absolutely do it. Yeah. That'd actually be kind of fun, our first live recording. Yeah, we're, like, we're big fans of the Tabletop Tap. Um, so I will definitely put in the word with Jason. Yeah, there we go. Because I might see him later. Our, our, 30, our 30 fans can come party with us. Yeah. Anyway, go Jason, ahead. Jason, hit us up. <laughs> um, so anyway, so like I was saying, first role-playing game for a lot of people, first Final Fantasy game that I played... And there's, like, word on the internet, the first Final Fantasy that you play usually turns out to be your favorite. So, like, when I talk to my friends, they played six first, and that's their favorite. Some of them played four, and that's their favorite. But my first one was seven. Absolutely, like, loved the story. You know, you had, you're you basically, like, eco-terrorists, like, blowing up, you know, like, these huge buildings to, like, try to save the planet. And then underlining like all the other stuff that's going on going to face Sephiroth and you know save the world from like imminent destruction from him unleashing meteor and you know I don't say much more because I still want your wife to play the game because she got pretty far on the remake version yes she did and uh there's obviously like the oldest spoiler like in the whole like internet that I could say but I'm sure like everybody knows at this point what Sephiroth does so I'm just going to skip that part. <laughs> All right. But, so... uh, yeah, I would always come home from school with my friends in middle school, like Josh and Sean, every single day. And we actually, like, skipped class one time and just spent the whole day playing Final Fantasy VII. It was, like, one of my favorite memories growing up is just chilling at Josh's house, you know, on the couch. We're just playing Final Fantasy, and it was, like, so much fun. And the music is absolutely fantastic. All right. Well, JV, between the two, what's yeah. moving on your bracket? Final Fantasy VII. All right. Not what I, I expected. Just, I, uh, I just have, like, so many more memories associated with that game than Ocarina of Time. Yeah. 
which Ocarina of Time, like I said, it's not my absolute favorite Zelda game, but just playing Final Fantasy VII with my friends, you know, in middle school is one of my favorite like times of my life. All right, all right, Matt. Matt, I, you're up. Next. I'm moving on to. You got hold on. You 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 can't talk <laughs> anymore. You got got Assassin's Creed three and Uncharted or two. Sorry, uh, Assassin's Creed two versus Uncharted. You know, I do have to talk because I have to discuss these two games. Yeah, but I figured we can introduce them because <laughs> we'd be a little bit more coherent. You'd probably say like ass ass in assassin. <laughs> 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 Well, that being said, Assassin's Creed 2 for me is, I mean, it's right up there with Assassin's Creed 4 and the new trilogy of Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. For me, it really cemented the legacy of that series. Assassin's Creed 1 was fun, but it was so repetitive in terms of the missions, in terms of the gameplay, that once you unlock the first area and you... And you assassinated your first person. It really was just more about, let me get through these missions that are all repetitive just so I can get to more story. Assassin's Creed 2 was finally that kind of open world... How many feathers did you collect? Zero. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about Petruccio. Um, for me, it was always about the story. And so, going around the open world areas, Venice, um, Milan, Florence... Just learning the story, learning the lore, the Renaissance period is pretty accurate in terms of the architecture, the people you interacted with. Leonardo da Vinci! Yeah, yeah, Leonardo (laughs) da Vinci. Not quite the story, because obviously there was... This didn't happen. But it was fun. It was fun. (laughs) Um, Was that the one where they had the guy that, like, was Mario, but he wasn't Mario? Yes, that was when... (laughs) It's me, Mario! Exactly. That's when uh, Ezio's... Home was burnt down, and and he was exiled away from, I think it was Florence where they were at. Yeah, I think so. And they had to go to Monte. I want to say Montessori, but it's not Montessori. Montenegro. Montenegro. Um, and his uncle Mario takes him in, and he pulls up on his horse, and he goes, "It's the me, Mario." <laughs> and I remember seeing that for the first time, and just going, "Oh, <laughs> face palm." <laughs> It's a nice reference, though. It was a great reference. Um, for me, like I said, it's, it cements the legacy of Assassin's Creed, and it was such a successful game. It spawned a trilogy of Ezio games that also yeah, for the story. Yeah, and it, they re-released it on the PS4. So they have it's the Ezio trilogy. They have two Brotherhood and oh, I can't think of the third one. No. You'd have to look it up. Yeah, Brother <laughs> Revelations. 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 Um, and they were all fantastic games. I mean, it sounds I, like Star Trek <laughs> names. At a certain point, they just insurrection, got yeah, <laughs> or his erection. I don't know. <laughs> insurrection. I mean, he was ladies' man in the first game. There was a scene where he's definitely yes. seducing um, his girlfriend in a loft tower in Italy, um, and it's going up against Uncharted. Mm. And I had a hard time narrowing it down, but I think the first Uncharted was great. Um, wasn't the first one I played. I played Uncharted 2 first. Um, back when I had Gamefly and you had to just get what they sent you at some point. Yeah, you know, that that was always a good... I like I, I loved Gamefly. Gamefly was great for the price, for 10 <laughs> yeah. bucks a month. and I think it's like actually still around. It might be, but... Because they have like their used games and I buy them occasionally. But and you like know super what? Cheap. Like, I, I mean, I 
Matt hates it when I bring this up, but like Xbox Game Pass, you can get a lot of these games, and it's. I do have to say, long. like having an Xbox and having Game Pass now, it's actually like a really good. Isn't deal. it nice? It is good. <laughs> so some of us have children and bills to pay. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have... Well, I have a nephew. He's expensive. <laughs> okay. I have a girlfriend. She's expensive. Don't... Well, she won't listen to this. Yeah, I'm going to say. She's not listening, so you can say what you want, Adam. Just my wife listens and they talk. They do talk. <laughs> Adam's like, Megan, don't tell her. <laughs> um, so Uncharted for me was really my first foray into that kind of genre game. Where it's kind of an action-adventure, Laura Croft-esque game. Yeah, did you ever play, like, Tomb Raider? I didn't play the Tomb Raiders until the ra- the new new versions came out. Oh, the, oh yeah. okay. Like the, the newest ones. Okay, those are great. So, like, when they did, like, the reboot? Yeah. Um, it was fun. I liked Nathan Drake's humor. Um, Sully was a fantastic character, just being the kind of curmudgeon old guy with a cigar in his mouth mm-hmm. and just get-rich-quick schemes kind of in the back of his pocket. Um, I thought Nathan Drake and, and his voice actor, I can't think... Um, it's a... Uh, he's a huge... Nolan oh, North. God, Nolan, Nolan North, North. yeah. He's done everything. Yeah, every video game possible. He's either that or Troy Baker. Yeah, and Troy yeah, Baker Troy was Baker in the fourth one. Yeah. He was his brother in the fourth one. Um, and in The Last of Us. Mm. Well, we'll get into that yes. later. Um, anyway, Nolan North was fantastic as Nathan Drake. He just... He he made the character his own. And it was... It was fun because even in the movie they kind of... They portrayed it in a good way where... He's in these ridiculous scenarios where he's hanging out at the back of the plane and he's trying to climb up it and a car pops out of the back of the plane and you got to dodge it. And even he comments in the games, this is ridiculous. Like, how does this keep happening to me? Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, Uncharted... It's a really great game, and I will say their cold opens for every game is great because he always cold opens somewhere in the middle of the game in the herring situation, and then all of a sudden flashbacks to the beginning of the game, and you work your way back up to that point. Yeah. Hi, I'm Nathan. I bet you're wondering how I got into this. <laughs> Uncharted 5. I'm the, the JV Chronicles. <laughs> so, this is tough. I am going to have to move. Assassin's Creed 2 up. Okay. Get those feathers. Assassin. Alright, Adam. We are moving on to your last matchup. Yes. Bioshock 1 versus Mass Effect 1. Alright, so and let's... the question is, are you doing Mass Effect 1 original or remake or just in general. Just in general. Okay. Like, so, well, I'll get into Mass Effect in just a minute. I, I figure let's just start with Bioshock. Um, so, the first Bioshock game um, came out from uh, 2K uh, in 2007. By the way, how many games that were amazing came out in 2007? Quite a few, I'm sure. A lot. Yeah, because also Mass Effect came out in 2007 as well. Oh, um, but, um, Bioshock was a uh, it's a it's a first person shooter where it you use this your all right time out before you get into this I'll tell you all the games that were great that came out okay. in two thousand seven so you got Bioshock Call of Duty four mm-hmm. Uncharted Assassin's Creed Super Mario Galaxy uh, The Witcher the first Witcher 
Metroid Prime 3, Mass Effect, Halo 3, Rock Band, God of War 2, Rock Band, Guitar Rock Hero Band. 3, uh, Harry Potter game, Half-Life 2, Legend Harry of Zelda, Potter game. Uh, Phantom Hourglass, Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga, uh, The Simpsons game, Ratchet & Clank, uh, Legend of Spyro, Spider-Man 3, uh, okay. Spider-Man, Spider-Man <laughs> Super Paper Mario, Lord of the Rings Online, Siphon Filter. I mean, that, you're right. It's a great year. So, did you, Paper Mario was that Thousand Year Door? Uh, Super Paper Mario. Ah, that was the Wii one. Because <laughs> Thousand Year Door easily was the best Paper Mario. All right, Adam, take us away. Sorry. Anyway, so, sorry. Um, Bioshock like takes place in this unique setting where you're in this underwater dystopia. Almost is what you could call it. It was supposed to be a utopia. Um, your your plane crashes. You arrive in this underwater world um, city that was supposed to be great, but has fallen to shreds. Um, you get a lot of horror elements of it. It's very like slasher, very scary, but you're you also have this amazing, unique kind of combat mechanic where you get um you have to use these plasmids which are these bio like biological like augmentations like genetic augmentations so so you can shoot lightning or fire from your hands you also have to use melee like smacking someone with a wrench but then you also have firearms that you can all upgrade um your character doesn't say a single thing during the game in kind of Gordon Freeman, Half-Life fashion. Oh yeah, Big Daddy. Oh, Big Daddy. But it kind of tries to give you um, a very big... Um, daddy? Big Daddy. But, uh, <laughs> but it gives you kind of this big story where you're kind of picking up the pieces, but also tries to give you like a moral choice throughout the game where you have to choose to either sacrifice these little sisters to gain power or to save the little sisters to gain less power, but that's your morality. Right. Um, but um, the thing I loved about the game is, yeah, the setting is... Because uh, I, I was juggling whether to throw Fallout in here or Bioshock. Um, and the only reason I picked, well, a few of the reasons I picked Bioshock over Fallout was, one, I didn't want to have too many Bethesda games on here, <laughs> but also I felt like Bioshock was just such a unique setting. Okay. Um, right. Kind of that, like, 1940s, 1930s thing. Yeah. And... Just having this uh, really cool, like, unique world was really interesting to me. Um, and so then, um, I guess I gotta move on to uh, Mass Effect 1. Also came out in 2007. Um, this is from Bioware, um, who are known for... How did Bioware not make Bioshock? Um... <laughs> not sure. I mean, I guess it's like a, the the creators of System Shock made yeah. Bioshock, but um, 
But Mass Effect is from Bioware, the guys, uh, the creative team behind uh, Knights of the Old Republic 1. Um, really good games. Jade Empire, Mass Effect, the Mass Effect <laughs> series, but um, Dragon Age, those games. Um, so, like, Bioware always focused on, um, like, their biggest thing back in that day was story and characters was huge for me. Um, they created, like, a complete universe lore. Mm -hmm. They created a branching story, all these really in-depth characters. Um, and that was their, their thing. Um, they kind of fell off the map a little bit when they did Anthem, but we're not going to get into that. Um, but it was a great setting. It was, it was a blank slate pretty much for them because they, they before were like, oh yeah, we did, uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. And so they had to kind of follow the Star Wars formula a little bit. And though they were amazing, it was an amazing game, um, when they did Jade Empire, that was kind of the first time, like, that I felt like they were, like, really branching out, trying to do something different. But then Mass Effect was like, oh, we're going balls yeah. to the wall. Especially because before they always used the, like, whatever, the traditional RPG, like, dice roll mechanic where it's like you would select something and they would randomly generate, like, a dice roll to see what damage you would do to your enemies. Whereas in Mass Effect, it was more like, oh, you're you're actually, like, using, like, you're a little bit more combat efficient. Um, combat was a little clunky early on. And, I mean, I know they tried, they improved it over the, the sequels. Um, but I still love the RPG element of the first Mass Effect. It, like, you had these branching branching trees that you could really put in, like, whatever points you wanted to whatever you wanted to do. Um, also, like, tons of books that I've read, and they all, they all were fantastic. Um, so, yeah, just a great, great backstory. So the question is... Is Mass Effect moving on over Bioshock? I gotta go with Mass Effect. Yeah, I figured it would since that was a whole episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I and normally, like, I know we were trying to... Well, earlier I, on, we were yeah. trying to say, like, let's not bring up things we brought up before, but... It's hard uh, to figure it, games. It's, it's really difficult when we're kind of like, yeah, this was... Especially when it's, like, one of your favorite games yeah. of all time. Alright, so JV, Chrono Trigger versus Earthbound. Dun, dun, this dun. is this is literally like the hardest decision like ever because literally those are my two favorite games and just having them like matched up like in the first round okay <laughs> <laughs> um so Chrono Trigger was actually let me start with Earthbound okay. Earthbound literally was the game that got me into RPGs um. We used to have a video game store called Mardi Gras Video that was up the street. And, you know, you walk in, they have, like, all the shelves full of the Super Nintendo games. And, you know, you know, you, you just want to pick something to occupy you for the weekend. 
<laughs> so you're looking at the games and then you just see the game. By the way, have... we're old and that's this was what it was like back then. Yes. <laughs> it was like the equivalent of Blockbuster, like it except it wasn't Blockbuster. Yeah. You would like walk into the video game store and they'd have the games on the shelf and you'd pick one to rent for, you know, like a couple days. Yeah. Essentially. And then you would go return it after the period and you don't get to keep it. But anyway. So you look at all the games and you look at all the boxes and then there's the one box on the shelf that's huge, like way bigger than any of the other Super Nintendo ones, and it says Earthbound. And, uh, you know, it has the Starman on top. When you bought the game, it came with the player's guide. So you'd have yes. the player's guide. It says bonus you. inside, free player's guide. And the player's guide had uh, scratch a sniff Snickers, so you'd be able to, like, scratch it and it smelled like pizza. <laughs> it was a uh, fantastic but oh man just putting it in for the first time you know your Ness you're just an average boy who's you know going through elementary school get woken up by a meteorite that crashes into the earth go to explore the meteorite and there's a bee inside and then the bee tells you that you're like the prophet that's going to save the world and you have to find your three other friends to go fight Gigas who's you know, the universal, the, like, destroyer that's gonna, like, kill everyone. So you, he gives you the soundstone, and then you have to go to the eight Your Sanctuary locations to get the melody to transport you to Magic Hint, where you unlock your true psychic powers to defeat Gygus. The only way to do that is to travel into the past, but that's, like, the short, like, version of it. But beginning to end, like, I love Earthbound, like, the battles were, like, fantastic. Um, the music was, you know, top-notch. I'm going to probably, like, say that with, like, every single game that's on here. Um, yeah, just playing that with my friend Kevin, my friend Derek, you know, coming home every day and playing it and then going back to Mardi Gras and hope that the save file is still on there, like, when you re-rent it. Did it have, like, that battery, like, built in? Yeah, so it would have, like, three save files. Oh, okay. Um, so you would hope that nobody, like, rented it after you and, like, deleted your save file. Mm -hmm. And it was actually the first video game I ever bought with my allowance. So I was mowing grass, doing chores, trying to get enough money. You know, it was, you know, 50 bucks at the time was, like, a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So by the time I actually got enough money, the game... Did so poorly that they like put it on clearance, so I got it at Best Buy for like fifteen bucks. Nice. And if you have a complete Earthbound right now, you can sell it for well over like a thousand dollars. Oh jeez. So, you know, retrospective is twenty twenty. If I would have known that, I would have picked up more than one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Chrono Trigger was the second RPG that I ever played, and it was made by like a dream team of you you know like. Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest. Mm -hmm. um, the illustrator for Dragon Ball like did the artwork. Um, they all came together to make like what they called like the Dream Team. They created this game that's a lot like Final Fantasy, but you know with its own unique twist. You're Chrono, and you go to the Millennial Fair, and you get transported to the past by like a freak accident, and then you start a chain of events which eventually leads you to the future where you learn that Lavos is like a parasitic like creature that's been in the earth for 
thousands of years and it comes up in the year 1999 and destroys the planet. So once you learn of this, like you travel to all different like time periods to, you know, recruit characters and um, figure out like how Lavos got there and how to stop him and twists and turns and great music, great plot. Everything I feel like is like what you need in like an RPG and it wasn't like it is today where you had to invest like a hundred hours to play it. You can beat it in like 20 hours. It's not a very long game. But I think it was like one of the first ones like like you were saying like where I had like it was one of the first games where there was twists and turns in the plot that I that I remember where I'm like oh what is going on? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, toward the end, you know, there's, like, a huge plot twist that I won't get in here. But, like, when that happened, you're just like, oh, fuck. You know, like, they actually did that. And it was, like, the first instance of that particular thing happening. And if you've played the game, you know what I'm talking about. And depending on when you beat the game, you get, like, I think it's 12 different endings. Mm -hmm. Like, depending on what time in the story that you go to defeat Lavos. And it completely changes the ending. So they have the different endings. They have like the tech system, where it was like the first RPG where like you could team up with your teammates to do like combination attacks. Yeah. And then once you got the later spells, you'd start getting triple tech. So all three of your characters can do like an ultimate attack that would always, you know, like annihilate, you know, bosses mm-hmm. and whatnot, depending on your team composition. But. It was definitely, like, the game that, like, got me hardcore into RPGs. And I will just say, like, right now it's going to advance because it's my favorite game of all time. All right. So, (laughs) Chrono Trigger. I I concur. (laughs) Um, That was was definitely probably one of my favorite, like, early RPGs that I've ever played. Like, it definitely, like, influenced me and it definitely influenced, like, my taste in games. I sucked at it, but (laughs) I did... I loved it. <laughs> All right. All you right. can tell by like the most of my games that I play are RPGs, but yeah. All right, so that right. concludes we're getting into lightning round. Lightning, right? Yeah, we're getting lightning round. So this just uh, JV is where you just have to pick. Um, so no, not yet. You're not picking yet. We'll go uh, line by line so we get down to our final three. All right. um, so I am up next with Metal Gear Solid Four versus Assassin's Creed Two to make it to my finals. This is tough. Um, Metal Gear Solid 4 we talked about in depth earlier in the episode, obviously, and then also during the Metal Gear Solid episode we did. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Assassin's Creed 2 is going to move on for me. Um, just because I think... That surprised me. Assassin's Creed. I think it just moves on because it really cemented that kind of style of game for me and you know like you talked about being a history nerd and having that degree it, while they're not historically accurate in terms of these things didn't actually happen in terms of the weird side plots with the assassins and templars they are pretty historically accurate to location culture and, and those kind of features in each game so that for me is kind of what takes the cake on this one um, Adam you have Skyrim versus Mass Effect what is going to be your final this is hard because uh... that's what she said <laughs> That's what I thought, but um, this is difficult because uh, there are two games that I I replay regularly. Yes, um, 
But if I had to go with one, he's going with Mass Effect. No, I'm actually going with Skyrim. Oh, we have oh, another man. upset. Um, just because I have played Skyrim more. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I do love me some Mass Effect. But, sort of, how do I say it? Like, every time I play Skyrim and replay it and replay it, I always find something different. Okay. Whereas with Mass Effect, I've kind of figured out, like, how to get to the best ending. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of tend to make the same decisions. Okay. Whereas with Skyrim, it's like, I, every time I play, I like find a, a weird side quest that I didn't know about or, or some hidden thing. So okay. that's why I go with Skyrim. All right. Well, so we have Skyrim, Assassin's Creed 2, JV. We've got Final Fantasy VII going against Chrono Trigger. What moves on to the finals? Well, I kind of spoiled it when you're... <laughs> Talk about the lightning round, but Chrono Trigger is going to move on for me because, like I said, it's my favorite game of all time, and I would have never have even thought to play Final Fantasy VII if it wasn't for Chrono Trigger. The music is like top notch. The scenario of travel through time, top notch. Characters, top notch. Like story, top notch. Like everything that you would ever want in an RPG, and you don't have to invest like a ton of time to like play it. So, like, it's a game that I regularly play, and I've only replayed Final Fantasy, like, a few times comparatively. Okay. But Chrono Trigger definitely takes the cake for me. All right. Well, that sums up our bracket for today. This is the our final definitive 2023 bracket. We have my pick, Assassin's Creed 2, going against Adam's pick, Skyrim, going against JV's pick of Chrono Trigger. All right. It's locked in. It's saved. There's no editing now, boys. Um, now it's up to the listeners. So you guys log into Geek Drink Pod on Facebook and vote, or view one of the three TikTok videos we're gonna make for this. Um, your views count towards the final vote uh, tally. So watch views, all three likes. <laughs> yeah, come on, '90s kids, help me out here. So yeah, view the videos, like the videos, um, and and let us know what you guys think is the definitive winner of the 2023 Geek Drink Pod video game bracket. Chrono Trigger, Assassin's Creed 2, or Skyrim. So we've got Nintendo versus multi-console. <laughs> yes. Um, so with that being said, JV, thanks for joining us today. Um, we Always could have pleasure. done a, a video game bracket without your input. And so um, we thank you for, for coming in and, and joining us. I'm always glad to be here. And I'm always willing to come back whenever right. you want me. And JV, where can they find you? Um, find me everywhere at JV1473 on Twitch, JV Tours. All right. And uh, JV, do you have anything to say to Adam? I love you, but I'm going to kick your ass at Mario Kart. Son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> I think we're going to have a May matchup, but I think what we're shooting for on Twitch, um, either on the Geek Dream channel or the JV Tours channel. We'll, we'll figure it out make sure it's Maybe also. both. Maybe both. <laughs> Um, regardless, I need to be embarrassed. Regardless, we'll have the live we'll have the live reaction on Facebook of Adam crying <laughs> <laughs> and JV drinking his tears. <laughs> All right, that's why I'm doing Mario Kart at tabletop tap. Got to get back into shape. <laughs> Adam's been challenging his brother, from what I heard. Yeah, I, I mean my my older brother. Um, I I he's been he got a switch uh, for his kid, and so we've been playing him, but. 
I assume it's, that it's not gotten, a challenge. <laughs> they got like the DLC. Uh, they did. Like I still need to play the new stages. I'm really looking forward to that Yoshi's. Island. I don't even have it on Switch. It's it's actually pretty good. I I, I kind of like the new maps. They're they're kind of fun, but like I always have to start like 50 CC and then just keep training, like, like ratcheting it up. Because I grew up with Yoshi's Island on Super Nintendo, and I heard the music, and I'm oh, it's such a good oh, yes. good mix. <laughs> Especially because they use, you know, like the obstacle course stage theme, and then when you beat the stage, it's like the ending, like jingle, mm-hmm. like whenever you complete the stage, faithfully recreated with like the Mario Kart band, and it sounds excellent. Nice. All right, folks. Well, thanks for joining in to Geek Drinks uh, Pod. Have a drink, some geeks. Follow us on social media, Geek Drink Pod. Let us know what you think. Like, subscribe. Uh, tell us what you want to hear in April because that's the next episode and then later in April we're not going to it the first week because we need some time for you guys to vote on the video game one yep. um, to reveal the results and so just for everyone's reference we've got this week Assassin's Creed 2 Skyrim and Chrono Trigger going against each other last week we had actors and actresses our final was Tom Hanks versus Harrison Ford yep um, previously we did TV shows Firefly versus Futurama and we started off the month of Raiders of the Lost Ark and Big Fish. Um, so those polls are still open. Go vote now. Let us know what you think of those brackets. All the brackets will have a link in our social media. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And you guys have a great Geek Week. Bye-bye. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Tune in next week to see what our geeky host will discuss next week. Goodbye.